welcome everybody to Studio Insights with us, Belvista Studios. You got Hannah, you got Victoria, you got myself, Kim, and this is our opportunity where we get together as a team to ask questions and develop ourselves or be curious about something the other person has learned recently or is doing quite well so that we can develop ourselves and be better humans and better practitioners. So first question, Hannah, do you want to ask? Sure. So my question's for you. I want you to reflect on, so you've just done your skating class. Uh, yeah. So I wanted you to reflect on the different personalities that are in that class. So the different types of people. Mm. And do you think the learning experience adds value to all of them? Is the first part. Mm. Yes, it does. Um, because each of the people is individually motivated to be there and wants to get something from it for themselves, um, which is a good starting point. Do you say personalities of the people? Yeah, just all the different people. Um, Yeah, and then I think because we have the opportunity to spend time on what we want to do as well. Um, so some people want to know, they just want to get in and do, and they have the freedom to do that. So they can just jump up on a ramp and go do it. Other people, they want the support of a coach and hold hands and stuff. Me. Um, so they have to wait their turn but it's done very fairly like everyone gets like an, enough time with the coach so it's all equal so you know that that's the case and then other people want to sit back and observe so I think it does cater for that kind of stuff the only thing which is a challenge that comes down to individual personalities is how much um, time you get with the coach or the experimentation based on your ability to seize the moment basically so because it's always like who's first kind of thing and if you don't step up straight away and it's a really interesting thing at the skate park like if you've ever been there you're like holy shit this is so chaotic but and that's how it works is there's a ramp and pretty much only one person can use the ramp at one time and you've just the minute there's a, a gap you've got to go so that culture kind of sits there in the class as well. And if you sit back because you're a little bit fearful and not ready to try the trick or you're still like getting over a fall that you've just had, you can miss out. But that's up to the individual to sort that out for themselves. So I think, yeah, it does. So the reflections that you've had on that, on the skate lesson, how do you think we could use that for our own learning solutions to improve them? I think that that really strong why at the beginning. So making sure that people know why the learning experience is going to add value to their lives is really important um, because a lot of people are told to do training. They're not volunteering individually like we are for the skating. Um, so I think that really strong why helps hook people and keep them motivated and be motivated in the first place to be open to the learning experience. And then I think it's about providing the different opportunities 
for how people learn. And I don't mean like audio, visual, that kind of stuff. I mean, is this person wanting more practice opportunity? Are they wanting to know the background details and the technicalities behind stuff? Are they wanting to, do they already know it? You know, so just gauging where people are at and what's going to help their learning journey. So what that might look like, for example, in e-learning is like pre-learning, the actual event, the post-learning. And then within that, what is that? I would say it's things like the need to know information, practical activities. If you want the supporting information, it's available. Maybe like yeah. click here for a hint or click here for more resources or to learn more or for post-learning, like save this bookmark. And I think that should be available to certain people because certain people do want that detail. Um, and then I think it's the person that is designing the learning, if I relate that to the coach of the, skate, uh, the skateboard coach, which would be the learning designer is being aware of the needs of each individual and the outcome that they are trying to achieve and making sure that we're giving them every opportunity to adapt from where they're currently at to where they want to be. Mm. And in something like e-learning, I think that comes down to like extra access to resources, um, prompting people to seek a mentor or talk to a supervisor or a more experienced person if they want more support and just giving those opportunities to them. Mm, that's cool. I like, cause with the skating, you're like face-to-face -face with the coach. Mm -hmm. That opportunity to either try things out or sit back and make those decisions. But like you said, it sounds like it can be achieved through e-learning as well, even though you're not face-to-face mm -hmm. -face with the teacher or the coach or the designer. And that's done through giving people access to extra support or getting people to go try things in the real world if it will add value to them as an individual. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Good question. <laughs> um, Vic? Um, my question is for both of you. Um, so last week you went on site um, with one of our clients and ran like a photo, show, a photo shoot film day kind of thing um so I want to know like how it went I'm going to assume it was successful and and like what what happened like in the lead up to it and on the day um that made it successful like what tips do you have for people who might want to run something like that for their own projects good question you go Hannah um I think the first thing is being like really clear on your intent so why were we going to their office and what did we want to get out of it? So what were the outputs that we needed? All the decisions made when we left? Because I think if you weren't really clear on that and didn't know what you needed, you could like, it could result in extra work for you or having to like go back again. So we wanted to make sure we definitely got what we needed. Um, something I noticed was like learning how, like communication skills in a way, because I don't think our team often like a lot of the things that we do was online. So it was definitely a bit different being face-to-face -face with the client um, and just learning how to communicate 
what we need to help them be successful. So like using that, the right sort of language where they understand why they need to make a decision on something because it's going to help us get closer to the project goal, for example. Um, so that was something I was learning and Kim was coaching me on the day, trying to get me to think about things like that and what to say and what not to say. So that's something I'm still sort of processing, I think, how to have those conversations. Um, what would be like examples of that? Like what not to say? Um, so being real, so an example is we had like a videographer there. So someone who was doing videos and it was his role to get the videos right for the client. And sometimes I would have an opinion about the video where my opinion wasn't necessary because it was up to the videographer and the client to decide together whether the video met the goal. Whereas I'd be like, oh, I think that looks really good or, but that wasn't necessary because it, yeah. Do you have more insight on it, Kim? Because I was like, on the day I was like, oh, I don't know what to say and what not to say. So I'm still definitely processing. But I think the the main thing is knowing what your role is Mm. before you get there and what you should be helping with and what you shouldn't help with. Mm. Um. Other things, so we use the planning logistics template that we have on the Creator Hub for video projects. Um, I think good planning helped it. So knowing exactly what videos needed to be shot in a checklist, the length, the dimensions, um, the format they were required so those technical details because that was the first thing the videographer asked of us is like what do you need at the end what do you need me to provide to you and even one time we wanted to like see what it was looking like and he gave us a memory card we put it into a laptop and we couldn't watch it because we didn't it was his funky video file so like knowing that if we had got that like for the client project it would have been like oh my god what do we do with this kind of thing like So being clear on, well, we need an MP4, we need this format because that's what we're producing the end product with. Um, So that technical stuff and having a really clear plan is important. And then I think trying to estimate the time on things. So they were only like seven second clips, right? But there was... I think roughly around 10 to 12 videos were filmed, seven seconds, 10 to 12. There was multiple actors involved. So having them booked in and what time were they arriving and which video were they allocated to and where are we getting through that? So that planning really is important. And then also knowing, um, allowing buffer time on something like that. Cause I think any project that I've been involved with, with video people or photographers, it takes them a while to set up their camera because they've got like so much equipment and different lenses. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're only seeing the location for the first time and the lighting in a location or the noise or where people are located means that they can or can't shoot there or they have to use different equipment. So even if you're booked to start at 9.30, Um, don't have anyone come for the first half hour don't plan to actually get into your your project and the videos for at least half an hour to allow that person to do what they need to do set up time if anyone's late things like that Mm -hmm. Um, 
that would have been that's useful I think what Hannah said like the clear roles yeah. and but sending that stuff through in advance um so everyone knows and it's not really a conversation on the day because then it's just everyone's in their role and ready to go um <laughs> yeah so I think those sorts of things and I think um it can be overwhelming doing things like that. I, you know, like if I think about a videographer, so they were engaged separate. We, they, they, we were all just working as three parties coming together to deliver the project. But when you do something like that with photography and actors and, you know, there's different ways and angles things can be shot. So there's like the panning, then there's like the just still shot, then there's a photo. Um, there's like this background and that background so really making sure that especially on a video project that the person that is approving the project is involved from the beginning to the end and they are literally mm -hmm. there with the videographer looking at the little screen on the camera saying yes I like that no I don't like that for example you can pick up things like oh there's a clock in the background it's displaying this time um, and that's not going to work for the actual video that it's sitting in front of or yeah. oh no look at that building outside through the window has a competitor's logo on it so we can't have that in our videos so having someone there almost like a spotter that is yeah. able to go that's not going to work we can't have that and then um okay the the selection on the day because videographers they and photographers they like I don't know if anyone's ever been to a wedding but you know they take thousands of photos in the day imagine trying to go through all those photos to pick your 10 yeah. that you want to use for your project so it's yeah. easier when it's fresh in your mind to just go okay we've had that actor and now I've got five to seven of those particular ones if they're watching in the moment they can instantly go it was number three or it was between three and five let me see three and five again and then they just pick it and then you take a photo of the number or you write that one down so that there's not this scanning through a big file of hundreds or thousands of photos or videos to go, that's the one. Because then it just becomes a big blur and you can't, yeah. it's very hard to pick. So they would be some yeah. of the things. And what props you need and um, getting someone to test that beforehand. So in particular, like something like a technology, you know, if someone's using an app, can we show if it was me and I'm logging in, it's all good. Yeah, use my device, use my mobile phone. But then it says mm -hmm. Kim Tui lives at this address with this phone number on it. It's like, oh, shit, we can't show that publicly. So mm -hmm. what can we do instead? So doing like a little run through is really helpful as well um, yeah. to pick up on those kinds of things and make sure that you have the right access on the day that doesn't hold you up. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Planning and prototyping mm. yeah. or test run. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else come up, Hannah, with that? Um, I think it is like for me, the, yeah, the main thing was the roles and then just going back to the communication, like knowing how to, so you were just saying like getting, making sure you have a decision made on videos because often like all the videos do look really good and it is yeah. really, like, I'd find it really hard to pick as well. But I think if you don't pick on the day, like Kim said, it can get very overwhelming afterwards and things can take a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest lesson for me, I think. Question that we ask ourselves, like what do we need to move forward with the next stage of the project? 
So it's just continuously asking that, making notes and like making sure you get the answers that you need to mm. get. And it, yeah, I think even expanding on that, it is useful to have like another person um, as an assistant. Like I, that was kind of my role was just be an assistant, like carry the light around. Um, but what that meant at one point, because we really wanted to make sure that our part of the project worked seamlessly with the videographer's part of the project. So therefore on the day was our only opportunity to test in the moment to avoid a reshoot. So what that meant was, I could step in at one point, Hannah was the producer, I could step in as the producer and she could jump on one of the laptops that we had there and do a demo one and show the client, this is the two pieces of the project fitting together. Is this what your expectation at the end is gonna be like? Because if you filmed all day and then did that like the day, the next day or the week later, they could have been like, oh my God, they, that's not what we we're trying to achieve at all. So mm -hmm. being able to have the two people there to, take up one role, step in, that was really helpful um, and do a real prototype live because then what it meant was we started filming, I don't know, five or six different ways of one little scene. When we did the demo, it was just like, we need two shots. These are the two shots. So it meant that the rest of the day was really quick because mm -hmm. we eliminated the other ones that weren't going to add value to the project or weren't going to be used. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that could be very common, like not involving the person that you're designing the project for in that process, thinking that they're going to like it or it's what their vision is and then it gets too far down the track and it's not. So I think that was so valuable, having them involved, yeah. like confirming that they were happy with each of the videos in the moment. Mm. It just saves everyone's time, money. <laughs> it just makes so much sense to have them there and make yeah. sure that get the products that they're wanting and they really like being involved mm. yeah I like yeah it's good vibes it's exciting it's new it gives good energy around a project and mm -hmm. good outcomes mm -hmm. hmm. i'm excited to see <laughs> yeah they look really cool they are good um yeah, so get the video logistics planning template on the Creator Hub. That's a template that we use to make sure that we kind of set it up. Who's coming? Who do you contact if you're late? All that sort of stuff is included. What props to bring? It helps you plan and run a smooth video shoot or photo shoot. Seek. Uh, my question is for both of you. So the question is, if you are stressed, or overwhelmed, what can you do in the moment to respond and get yourself into a better place? I don't know if this is that useful, but I like feel immediately better if I tell someone that I'm stressed <laughs> or that I'm like struggling with something. <laughs> Do you literally like, like, I am stressed. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I'll Skype on a few guys and be like, this is stressing me out or I can't figure this out or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think especially working from home, you just get like so stuck in things sometimes. So it's just like having that, putting the, like that communication out there is like, I don't know, 
your stress is my stress now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My stress is your stress. <laughs> Deal with that. <laughs> I feel good. Well, yeah, it's not like productive, but it does make me feel better. Oh, actually. Okay, Joy, <laughs> that's good. So express that you are feeling that way. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that takes some of the pressure off and just that like, it, like it isn't just me because like usually the things I'm stressed about, it's like it's a project we're all working on or it's like it's a project for the business. And like, if I'm in that kind of headspace, like it could impact the work that I then hand back over to one of you guys or mm. something like that. So I just feel like, I don't know, like being able to be open about that can help because it could take one like message back from one of you guys. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can fine now. Or I'm um, like, I don't know, it could mean that I'm doing something differently to how I should be doing. And then it's making it harder. And that's why I'm stressed or like, mm. I don't know how to explain it properly, but yeah, I think it's like good having that like open communication about it because generally something will come out of it that will help me like get past it. I think mm. it's not often that I'd message one of you guys and then still just be stressed and struggling all day. Like we've kind of figured things out together. Or you might be like, you're overacting. <laughs> and even that's helpful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice that's cool I think I I've noticed I just do it naturally and it helps but I just like walk away from whatever I'm doing so if I'm at home I'll walk outside because often like if I'm stuck and I'm overwhelmed by something just getting away and like clearing my head and then coming back to it sometimes I can see it with a new lens and then figure it out so that's probably my top thing that I do um I also write down like checklists so even this morning like I wasn't super overwhelmed but I had like different things in my head that I knew was happening mm -hmm. so writing it down and it sits in front of me all day so I can look at it and be like where, where am I at with all this stuff have I done things have I forgotten anything so that really helps me and I tick it off as I do it um what else I think just taking a deep breath as well sometimes. Because <laughs> if you, I feel like if you're in like a weird mindset about something, like if something's not working and you're getting annoyed and it everything's just harder, like it's, that's why I usually walk away, like take a deep breath, come back and try and look at it from like a non-biased perspective mm. and pretend that like it wasn't difficult before and how is it going to be this time, which is very hard to do, but. I have been trying to do it. Um, and I think it, like Victoria said, like ask for help when it gets to the point where you can't figure it out because you will just go around in circles all day. Like it's happened to me before. It'll be hours where I'm like, I still can't get it and I'm annoyed at myself. Yeah. It gets to that point where you can't come up with a solution despite trying all the other things, like ask for help and you can sort it out with the team or come up with a plan to... Mm sorted out mm. yeah I think when I'm like really stressed like if I just walk away or take a breath like it's not enough for me like I walk away but I'm like I'm just stressed outside <laughs> now instead of sitting in front of my computer <laughs> like I do I like struggle to like look at it with fresh eyes if I've been like stressing about it for ages mm -hmm. and that's why I'm like I need to tell someone else because like I can't I am like, I know I'm stuck and 
yeah, it feels like you're going around in circles. So I can't, mm. I don't have that like unbiased opinion because I'm just stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. But they're good if you're like a little bit stressed. <laughs> but then once it gets past a certain point, I need to tell someone. Yeah. I laugh when it gets past a certain point. <laughs> I know that big. You do that by yourself though too. Yeah, by myself too, yeah. <laughs> like hysterics. It's a good way to like express it for me. Yeah, I feel like I only do that around you and it's probably because you like trigger it in me. <laughs> <laughs> Any other tactics that are helpful, stressful or overwhelmed in the moment? How do you improve your situation? planning template that is very useful <laughs> if you use that for the beginning you shouldn't get stressed <laughs> yeah true <laughs> nah. it's like a last resort for me <laughs> um, I think that is the only stuff I really do yeah that I'm aware of <laughs> remember that we're going to die one day that's a good one <laughs> that might stress you out more though no I feel like that's not useful to me because then I'm like why do I even care about this and then I'm like oh I'm never going to get it done if I don't care about it oh really yeah See, it gives me the I don't care to the level that I need to like do it without having a panic attack <laughs> no mine's like why would I even bother then if I'm just gonna why die are we here yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is the point in breathing? <laughs> but if that works for you, then that's good. <laughs> it has the opposite effect for me. <laughs> what do you do, Kim? I think a combination of what you've said. Um, number one thing is like, yeah, push back and be like, okay, stop. I'm feeling overwhelmed. What are all the things that I'm feeling overwhelmed? What am I thinking? And what am I feeling? And I write all that down. And then I basically go and go, not needed today, not needed today, not needed today. So I can just go, okay, eliminated 50 billion things that was in my head that is creating overwhelm because I'm thinking about, oh, I need to do that on Friday. I'm like, well, it's freaking Monday, calm down. You know, so it helps me compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, I think being able to be present and compartmentalize really helps. So when I focused on these are actually my priorities and if I don't make these happen, that's an issue. And the other things can wait. And a lot of the time, the way I work, everything's in my calendar anyway. So I'm like, you've got time, two hours tomorrow to work on that. So get it out of your head because it's going to be compartmentalized till then. What's compartmentalized to right now is this task. So only focus on this. And that little self-talk conversation to myself, then when the things start coming back into my head, I'm just like, oh, remember, we just discussed that. Ha ha, we're not focusing on that one right now. Um, so that allows me to be focused. Um, if I'm like not able to work something out or that I do go for a walk, I find that changing my state and movement is really helpful um, to think about things differently. If I'm really stressed in the moment and I can't work things out, like my brain is just not having it. It just can't figure it out. That's like you guys have often experienced it where I call you and I'm like, can you just help me through this? And I kind of need to talk things through. And it's almost just I'm creating the space for myself to problem solve and have you witness that happen 
And when you do that, you can pick up on other risks or help me make shortcuts or solve the problem. Um, but sometimes I'm not able to do that. And I almost think sometimes I do that as an accountability to move through the stress and overwhelm because when you're like, I've just taken you off your task to support me, it's like, okay, well, you have two hours to do this, but now I've just asked you guys for help. I only have like 10 or 20 minutes of your time. So get it solved in that time. And that accountability does something to my brain to go, okay, make it work. And I do. And then I'm like, holy shit, I've got a plan and it's resolved. Like, so that's really good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think, in the moment. All right. Thanks for choosing to watch and learn with us. Uh, go check out the Creator Hub. The link is in the description of the video. It's got so many templates and resources that will add value to your life. Um, it is changing lives. People are getting jobs, promotions. They're changing into careers that they never thought that they would leave from into something that they've always desired to. It changes lives. It will change yours too. Thanks for watching. Peace out. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us, basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, Could I Be a Better Instructional Designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, Aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude. And also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design and e-learning. So a human centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.